Hi everyone, my name is Folly. I'm here with Nusa and this is another episode of the Unit Economics podcast where we talk to food businesses, restaurants and everyone in between on what it takes to run a food business or drinks business in Lagos, Nigeria. So today we have a really special guest and I'm going to let her introduce herself now. Hi everyone my name is Madupe Emmanuel um, and I'm the head chef at South Lagos um, which is a culinary company in Nigeria but mostly we do a lot of we're really focused on the pastry aspect of food so yeah that's me. Hi Madupe nice to meet you thanks for joining us. Hi Mr. nice to meet you too. I guess if you just start like easy, mm-hmm. so like, just I've always wondered like, how come your name is like, how do you get the name Salt? Um, uh, so um, a scripture Matthew five thirteen, which says you are the salt of the earth. So basically, when I finished um in Cordon Bleu and I had finished my in- internship um, in Paris, I basically just sat down in my apartment and I just wondered what I was going to do next. So I, you know, I think I was just sitting down just praying about it and thinking about it and the name salt popped into my head. But you know, salt is very generic. Um, and I thought of salt of the earth, but you cannot trademark such a name, such a name <laughs> because again, I mean, it's so generic. I'm sure there are so many things that are called salt of the earth. So I tried, I was thinking, okay, cause I'm Yoruba. So I was thinking, okay, let me try the Yoruba version of salt and say it as salt of the earth. But it sounded like a Yoruba movie title. So I was like, mm, mm, it's not working. Um, but salt Lagos, Lagos just popped in my head. And I, I, I thought about, you know, brands like Louis Vuitton Paris. And even though it's in London or anywhere else, it's still what it is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change that they'll put Paris there. So Literally, that's that's how it came about and was confirmed to me. So that's that's how the name Salt came about. So, so yeah, is the name like Salt Lagos or just Salt? Because I know that personally, it's like hard to like trademark anything that has the word like Lagos or Nigeria in it. So did you encounter oh, challenges with in that? In fact, we are encountering challenges with that. You know, um, so it's Salt Lagos. Um, but I guess if we if we we're, we're still in the process of trademarking because they don't want to trademark Lagos, they're like, oh no, you cannot trademark it. So even though there's a logo for it, they want everything to be like together, like one mm-hmm. word. Oh. So again, as I said, we're still in the process. I've been on this for like four years, actually, just trying to trademark oh. it. But so if I need to trademark it, it means probably changing the whole logo so that Lagos and Salt come together because they're like, no, you can't separate it. It has to be together. But as I said, we're still on it. That's fascinating. Like, our trademark too is kind of, it's still pending. But we started process like years ago. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. I mean, trademark, it takes, because the the release um, with copyright, the the, um, Gazette is only released once a year. So... I mean, it, it does take a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does take a while. Okay, so it's good. That kind of answers like what inspired you to study and how you got started. But 
So if you could just go back a little bit, like what inspired you to go to culinary school in the first place? Was this something you always wanted from like younger or did you start a career in something else and switch? Yeah, like did you bake before and say, okay, I want to formalize this or the other way around? So the, the truth of the matter is that I've actually always liked cooking and I've actually been more interested in cooking than baking. You know, so um, I've always, I mean, when I tell people that I've been pounding yam since I was like five, it sounds really ridiculous, but that's the truth, you know, um, and I've just always, always loved cooking. So if I, I'm a lawyer also, um, I went to law school, I did everything. I have my master's degree in law. In fact, I went to America for, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fellow as well in America, but the truth is it wasn't my passion so literally i'll be at work and i'm thinking about my dinner and i'm thinking about okay so what am i going to eat tonight and i'm thinking about how i was going to go to goodies at city mall to go and buy ingredients so and if you if you talk to me you know a food will start popping somehow so my focus was always food and i remember i used to tell my dad that Ah, I'd like to go to culinary school and you'll be looking at me like, you better go and do a PhD in law or go to Oxford or go to Harvard. I'll pay for it. But, you know, after a while, um, there's, a, there's a limit to how much you can take. And I slipped into, I, I believe I was clinically depressed, but I know that I slipped into depression. I was quite suicidal because I was just like, I can't keep doing this. I'm not fulfilled. I know that I'm not fulfilling purpose. And I'm supposed to do more. So I, I made up my mind that I was going to have a conversation with my dad. But I'd already told my sister I was depressed. So she went to tell my parents that her sister is depressed too. And she said that. And they went into panic mode. And so my dad just, you know, when he just was like, hands up, it's fine. And God just took control of the whole thing. So he said, you know what, whatever it costs, just let me know which school you want to go to and everything. And I, you know, I applied to Cordon Bleu and I remember that I had a deadline to even pay my school fees. And my dad was like, eh, I don't have that money yet. But you know, there, there was an extension and basically I got in. And yeah, that, that's, that's how, that was the inspiration. But baking, to be honest, before I actually went to Cordon Bleu, funny enough, I used to experiment with people. So I would bake for them sometimes. But I used to charge rubbish, like nonsense. Now that I'm thinking about it, like I will spend, maybe I spend like 10,000 and then I'll now say, okay, because I didn't use everything, I'll charge the customer like 5K. So I, I was just doing it because. How much was um, butter then? <laughs> yeah, but, well, I mean, this is, this is like almost like nine years ago. So I don't even know how much butter was. I'm sure butter was pretty cheap then. I, I can't even remember compared to what we are buying to now. So, yeah. I mean, I was using, like, proper chocolate. I mean, I wasn't using maybe Bonneville or something. I was using lint. And even at the yeah. time, lint was yeah. quite expensive. Okay. Exactly. So, I, I think I was just doing it because I was just passionate about food. Um, so, yeah. That was basically it. Okay. So, I guess we can, let's, like, talk about this. We can talk more about, like, cakes now and so I'm very curious, personally, what is your most popular cake? I think you know, because I, I, I would say it. 
So that caramel cookie monster. Yep. Yep. That's our most popular cake. Like you get people call us. I had this cake. I don't know what it said. Like, can you describe the cake? I don't know. It had some black things inside. Yeah. And there was something in the middle. So sometimes people just call us and say, I want salted caramel cake. And they're like, okay, which one? Because we have the salted caramel cookie monster and we have the chocolate and salted caramel. And most times, most of our chocolate cakes actually have salted caramel, even though we have like variations of it. So then we, we also have the, you know, the chocolate and vanilla, the best of both worlds, which is a mixture of the cookie monster and chocolate and salted caramel. So actually those two cakes are our most popular um, cakes. So like one of the things I've really noticed about sauce is that like you have some really like very strong ev- evangelism followers that like preach the gospel of salt Lagos, salted caramel cookie monster. Was there a point where oh, yeah. you realized that, oh, that was a thing and how did it make you feel? So, um, you know, you know the funny thing about this salted caramel, the way it started, somebody had somebody uh, wanted a cake, and I didn't want to give her a plain vanilla cake, and I didn't want to give. She said her children didn't like fruits. Mm-hmm. So, but I remember that in culinary school we had done salted caramel, so I literally just tried it out with her, like, and it became a thing. And personally, I don't really like it because I don't like sweet things. So okay. I don't eat the cookie monster, actually. It's not, it's not the cake that I would go to, you know. Um, but it's just like, it's quite mind-blowing when people just say, oh, the cookie monster, salted caramel cookie monster. But it's funny, there was a time I was at a restaurant and a couple came and they're like, oh, yeah, you're salt, you know. And the husband is like, please do not change anything about that cake. It's amazing. It's this. And the wife is like, uh, it's just too sweet for me. Maybe you should turn down the caramel. And the husband's like, no, don't listen to her. She's saying rubbish. She doesn't know what she's saying. <laughs> you know, so you can just imagine husband and wife in the same house, but two different people, they have different opinions. And sometimes, you know, customers say the caramel is too sweet. And um, it's caramel. I mean, this is sugar. So if, if we turn it down, we've had situations where because people complained that it was too sweet, we reduced the caramel. Do you know how many refunds I had to do? Because I like, I did not see caramel in my cake. There was no caramel in that cake. So it's it's just, you know, it, it, it's quite, as I said, it's quite mind-blowing how it's become a thing. Yeah. And I even have colleagues who will tell me that, oh, maybe a customer has called and said, oh, I want this cake. And I'm like, no, we don't do we, That's not our cake. We don't do that, you know? So it's quite humbling, I must say. Yeah. Yeah. And earlier on, you said the salted caramel cookie monster wasn't your favorite. So I want, I want yeah. to tell everyone what your real favorite is. So maybe they'll start ordering that instead. Funny enough, it's a tuxedo cake. It's a chocolate and cheesecake. Oh, okay. That's my favorite. Yeah. So. But then I always make my own special because I put the nash in the middle of mine. So How much I, <laughs> say it now so that when they call if they call to ask for it they already know it's extra <laughs> it's extra i don't even know because i don't i don't funny enough i don't even, I, I don't know because i just make it whatever they're making and i'm like yeah, yeah, just make sure there's enough ganache because i like chocolate so i'm a chocolate person so i make sure they put like enough chocolate and then they decorate the the body with real chocolate as well but if i were to do that in real yeah. reality ah uh, we cannot sell the cake it's too expensive people will not buy it 
<laughs> because ch- chocolate is super expensive and I don't use I'm very particular with my brands I cannot just use any random chocolate because I don't want the cake to be tasting like pronto or I mean nothing is wrong with pronto but or bonville chocolate so uh, I'm quite particular mm-hmm. about my brand so it's and, and, and chocolate is expensive butter has lost his mind at this point <laughs> that, that's just the fact I think butter is actually more expensive no, butter is actually more expensive than chocolate honestly right now butter is actually more expensive than chocolate you can't even find butter so right now if you call the supplier for butter ah we don't have L and V but we have this new one try it <laughs> me that I'm so <laughs> I'm so picky about butter I'm like no I don't use any other butter apart from presidents or L and in fact I was very specific I only used to use El Anvier. But when El Anvier, I cannot find it or is 50,000, I decided to respect myself. So the, whatever they offer me, I take it. As long as it's butter and it's 82% fat, we're, we're good to go. So I just don't use margarine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So let's go back a bit. So you, like, you're fresh out of cordon bleu. You're back yeah. in the house, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You, just, you you start baking. Like, at what point was it was like your turning point? Like, when did this become? Because you have you know you have a cult following. I don't even need to tell you that. You have fans. Yes, fans actually. Like, at what point was it where it was like, I'm on like I'm really onto something here. Like, what was that? Was it like a moment where you kind of where you recognize that? Yeah, salt is something special right now. No. No, it's weirdly enough, no. Um, I maybe because I just I don't I try as much as possible not to focus on on those things. I just try and focus on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I try I I don't get carried away by any any of those things at all. So as I said, I don't focus on it. Sometimes it's maybe my sister or somebody that is telling me or, you know, maybe a friend who's calling me and telling me certain things and I'm like, oh, really? You know, but for me, it's just going to the kitchen, do what you have to do and move on. So, so I, okay, so I, on the flip side of that, is there like any moment that like made you like very like sad or down? Let's say you made a cake with your heart. And do, you like, mean that, do you mean that at that moment? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the question. And then, oh yes, I, I you know, I was, I was on an Instagram live yes, and I was just telling them that only last week I still cried. You know, I think for me that must have been the most. Um, I think the experience I had last week was the worst experience I've had in six years. Like it messed me up very badly. Um, but again, as I say now, my favorite saying is that tomorrow is another day. You know, these things happen and as they happen, you learn and you keep moving. So I've had loads of moments. In fact, I think the first one, which actually um, I can never forget, was this particular lady. I'd never met her before on social. And we just used to chat on Instagram and she had asked me to make a strawberry cake. And I remember that day was just quite busy for me. I made the cake and everything had an event so i said you know what let my driver go and deliver this cake i do not know what made me say you know let me actually follow them to deliver this cake 
to this lady. So I was going, and I realized that this cake was coming funny because the texture was just weird. It had mousse, and it was just so funny that day. And you know, I got to her house, and she knocked on the door. She used to call me her sister, call me her sister all the time. And I knocked on the door. She opened. Oh my God! It's so nice to meet you. And you know, as we we're talking like that, she opened the door. The cake literally, like, fell apart. It literally just collapsed. I'm like, oh my God. She's like, no, 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 no. Don't worry, don't worry. When this business together is fine. You know, let's see how we can salvage it. I'm like, sis, there's not, we can't really do anything. She's like, no, no, no. Let me quickly put it in the freezer. Do you want me to get you a knife? Let's try and put it together again and everything. And I said, there's nothing we can do. You know what? She's like, you know what? Don't worry. I'll give my sister another gift. Don't worry about it. I know when I was going home, she actually gave me um, gifts to go. She's like, you know, here's something. These are some of the products that I make, you know, you to take it. You are in business together it's okay i understand and for me that was a major moment because i mean you can imagine taking a cake to a customer and it's collapsing if it was another person all hell would break loose but ah it was it was very mind-blowing for me and it just showed me how amazing god is because god is like you see when things are going wrong when i step into the situation everything is just fine so it was a very, unfortunately, the lady's late now, but for every, it was, that was a defining moment for me in this business. And like, it's, it's something I can never, ever, ever forget. So yeah, that was a defining moment. But I've had horrible, horrible experiences. And you think, ah, it's cake. Like, it's really not that deep. But then you also realize that for some people, it's also that deep you know but as i said we learn every day and we you just keep striving to do better and do better and so yeah <sighs> experience so, back to the salted caramel cookie monster how do you price that like like how much is that right now if i wanted to get get like the salted caramel cookie monster uh okay so now the smallest size we do is six inches four layers which i'm even about to scrap because it's stressful that one is twenty four thousand. So when you so like what 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 do you factor in where you price that like are there things like uh, labor costs uh, so butter still like you have like a, a formula and say okay butter is like this amount yes yes I we you know I we have to use uh, apps for this or Excel butter is ridiculously expensive we used to buy butter at thirty four thousand I mean the particular brand I like now it's fifty nine k fifty nine thousand Oh. for a carton of 40 or 40 is it 40 yeah wow so like you know you factor in things like that you, before we used to use cream cheese um filling frosting for our cakes <laughs> but now cream cheese is ninety thousand for a carton of 10 how Wow. These are the things exactly you know wow. let people tell you it's not it's just cake it's not just put flour and sugar together even sugar sugar when the lockdown happened Sugar is before it happened it was nineteen thousand. Now sugar is twenty six thousand. Well, we make sugar in Nigeria now. Ah, uh, okay. These are the things that you know. After a while, you begin to think: Are you actually making profit? Because you are pricing based on when dollar was three sixty, when sugar was nineteen thousand, when butter was thirty four thousand. 
and now you're dealing with almost double the price. Even now, there's no cream cheese in the country. So, I mean, that's when another issue we're dealing with. So, yeah, we factor in a lot of things. You have to factor in electricity. You have to factor in rent. You have to factor the wages of the staff. So many things. But even at VAT, because FIRS will come looking for youth, mm-hmm. you know, so... Um, you have to factor in all these things, but at the same time, you have, to, you have to make sure that your prices are competitive and you have to also consider, consider the customer. So, yeah, all these things go in. There are some, there are some cakes that when I, when I do the costing, I actually have to bring the price down a bit mm-hmm. because for me, I'm like, oh, wow, this is quite high, but, you know, it is what it is. That's the cost. We so can't like- really, I can't change it. So like earlier this year, I know like salt, you did like major revamp of your prices and your size. And I remember seeing on Twitter, people saying, ah, salt has priced me out. So I can't afford again. Like, mm. like something that was a long time coming that the prices just had to change. Like it wasn't sustainable. So you know what happened there? I think people, people didn't, for lack of better, I have, they didn't read the menu properly. So our old menus, we used to do two layered cakes. Mm-hmm. The new menus, with that, and if you realize with the trend of cakes now, everybody wants narrow uh-huh. but high. Exactly. So we had to obviously change. You, ha- you can't keep doing what you're doing because, oh, you get complete. The cake was too low. The cake was not high. And then there are some designs that you cannot even achieve um, with low cakes. So what we did, for instance, with an 8-inch cake, right? Eight, 8 inches, 3 layers is the same cost as 6 inches, 4 layers. So 10 inches, three layers, or is the same cost as eight inches, four layers. Okay. So it's, it's just, a, do you understand? But people just automatically saw the person like, ah, yeah, yeah, you know, but they didn't really check it. Because I think a lot so, of things, like consumers, they don't really understand like the context behind like pricing. And I mean, I'm guilty uh, of that sometimes. Like okay, yeah, yeah. Like you see everything, like everything, like you you deal with in your daily life. Like maybe your water goes up, your butter goes up. You know that butter has gone up. Yeah. But you cannot reconcile yeah. that with salt cake going up. Mm-hmm. It's like you the uh, exactly. Up, but it doesn't add up in your head that like, okay, this could be a factor in mm-hmm. salt cake. As it's well. not just cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not mix flour and sugar. Cake. So someone still said that to us today and I had to be in the, so of late I've been doing a lot of admin work with my staff, but today we had a lot of pressure. So I had to be in the kitchen with, you know, I had to be upstairs with the decorators and I, I thought about it. I said, when somebody says, is it not just cake? You know, when, if you go for a cake training, actually for decorating class, I kid you not, we spend about six hours decorating one particular cake now and and it takes um most most professional bakers like if i don't know if you follow this guy aletoso on social media he's like a buttercream guru this guy bakes on a particular day and he decorates on a particular day and if you your order does not fall within that day that's your wala like it takes time but people want you to bake the cake like I want my cake fresh. So in other words, you want me to bake the cake now and frost mm-hmm. it in the space of the space of an hour. It's not possible. So cakes, making cakes, decorating cake takes a lot of time. 
but we also have to factor in a factor in the fact that people want their cakes in the morning which is almost impossible if for instance you have 40 cakes to do how are you going to do it unless you are working overnight or unless you do it the night before so it actually takes a lot of time to do you know you first have to bake the cake baking of a cake whether you cannot fast you cannot um, expedite the process it's going to take as long as it's going to take you have to ensure that the cake cools down you have to fill the cake you need to let it cool down also you need to let the the crumb protein set then you now have to cover the cake then you now have to do whatever extra designs are going on the cake it takes a whole lot of time but again it, because it's our work so we know what goes into it it's just like telling a lawyer that it's not just contract it's not for you to just write something and, you so know I'm, I'm <laughs> but, like like i'm thinking about like the manpower as well because people just think it's just one person in the kitchen baking everything like from that process of baking yeah. to the final decoration about how much like labor like staff does that whole production take <laughs> so well right now let me use this covid period um Right now, with baking, I, we have two people who are, no, right now, three people dedicated to baking the cakes. We have one person who's, who strictly does the frosting, the icing, because we have to do a lot of batches, and we use Swiss buttercream, which takes a lot of time. We have one person who does our pastry. Um, yeah, lots of butter. <laughs> like, we have somebody who does our pastry, so the meat pies, sausages, apple pies, and things. And then we have somebody who helps the, de the two decorators upstairs so that if they need to cut out anything with fondant or, you know, just mold anything or whatever, even though we don't do fondant cakes, but there are some appliques that you need with fondant. So that's basically, so three, four, five, seven, eight, eight people from the process of baking to decorating. And then you have the people who are going to pack up the cakes. You have the cleaners. So it's, that, it's that, a lot that, of... That's a lot of stuff. And uh, that's a lot of stuff that I, I haven't been... I didn't know you took that many people. That's not even all our staff. Plus the admin people that answer the phones. Delivery. But I don't even, that's what I'm saying. But what I'm even saying now, because of COVID, not everybody's at work. So these are, these are people that are at work this week. Oh, wow. So another set are going to come next week. It takes a lot of um, manpower to do what you have to do. It takes a lot. Because if one person were to do it, you would break down. I remember when it was just, when I started, it was just me. I had a decorator and I had a cleaner. And when it was Christmas, I literally would not be able to walk, you know, and then at some point, my mom would have to help me. My brother would help me. My sister, we weren't closing till like 12 o'clock. Sometimes I would sleep at 2 a.m., wake up at 4 so that I would ensure that everything is ready, you know. So, and after a while, you burn out, like literally burn out. So I, I have to teach myself that. I mean, I have to be alive to be able to, to work, you know, so... I mean, yeah. now else? I understand why we take time off. Like, the way you shut down for the year, it's like, this is the last time to yeah. work. 
Now it makes sense. Mm. And then it you start from October, yeah. like we're taking cake order, we're taking cake order. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> you know, because you, as I said, you learn as you go. You know, this Valentine's period, for instance, I said that that was our highest. We've never made that many cakes in a day before. When my start, when we finished collating, I wanted to slap the people at the reception because I'm like, are you people okay? Why would you? take this amount of orders they're like ma if you say no they'll abuse us they'll say we are arrogant we are proud but i'm like how do you expect you know at some point over there i went downstairs to just check i was i was about to go outside when i saw the amount of people at the reception to pick up i literally just ran back inside and i had just one staff sitting there but she's one of my calmest receptionists so an admin staff so she was so calm and she had people hound like on her neck where's my cake why is this person's cake out and my cake has not has not come out and just she was very calm and you know her colleague said to her we have a whole new level of respect for you because if it was me i'd have lost my mind you know so it's it's crazy it's crazy work but if we say no people think we just don't want to take it but you know, it's better for you to say no and know that this is where I can, this is what I can do. Now, for you to take on what you know that you actually cannot fulfill. And so that that's where I'm very, very, should I say principled? I'd rather say no. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because, you know, again, it's experience that taught me because there was a time somebody placed an order. I knew I wasn't feeling well. And I actually started crying because... I was so frustrated. I didn't know what to do. And I said to myself, I said, well, you know, if you die right now, they just say, yeah, sorry. Who can make this cake for us? So they'll find somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So I just decided to give, my, give myself brain. And where I know that, where we can't do, we can't do it. So, I mean, people, oh, this, is, this is our major problem. Why people always say, oh, they're arrogant, they're proud. But it's not pride. It's just... Like today, you know, when one of the um, admin staff came, she, she looked at me and the other girl who had been taking the orders. She said, what were you people looking at? How did you people get to this amount of orders for today? And I'm like, when you to <laughs> come and sit down and say no to people now. Come and hear stories. Because it's yeah. much butter and sugar, as they say. Um, it's just butter and sugar. Like, you get that so. It's not just cake. It's not just mixed butter and sugar. No, even the butter and sugar gone. Those two items are ridiculously expensive. So it's not just to mix butter and sugar. If it was that easy, I'm sure everybody would be making cake. It's it's ah uh, because for instance, that salted caramel cookie monster. The process of making that particular cake is actually more stressful than making a regular sponge cake. I've been thinking about it. I'm like maybe I should just change the recipe of this cake because voila, it's too much. But that again. That's the reality. But people don't know. You know, it's it's all about what goes into the process. Well, I guess nobody really cares. Same way, I probably will not care about what goes into making a dress because it's not. I'm not interested. Just get my dress and make sure it's nice. So, I guess it's the same way. Yeah. Well, if they if they care so much about it to be cursing people, then they should better care the process. <laughs> Yeah, this this are the things we deal with, cursing us out, like, oh my God. And, but as my friends have been saying to me, and people who I try to even help with the business, they're like, first of all, you need to remove yourself from this 
whole situation because it's not personal, you know, but it's very difficult for you to separate yourself from something that is, is like a baby to you, like your child. It's, it's very difficult, you know. So even though you're not abusing me because salt is a legal entity anyway, it's his own personal. So even if anything happens, that's the salt, it's not me. But there's no way I can just separate myself and say, oh, it doesn't concern me. So if there, if any, if I see any criticism, it gets to me so much. So I'm still, that's one part that I'm still trying to, um, that I'm still learning. I'm still trying to see how to separate myself from the business. I know that it's not personal, but to me, it's still quite personal, you know, because it's my baby too, or one of my babies got here. So, yeah. Now, so like right now, like compared to where you started, do you feel like you are more like you feel like you can you feel like you can manage this business better? Like, is it less stressful, or and do you feel like you have the right staff around you that are helping you take things in the right direction? <sighs> so, um, I well, from where we started, you know the the bigger you get or the more you expand mm-hmm. the more problems or issues will pop up so expected. <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah basically i was working from my i started from my mom's kitchen and then i my mom said you know get out of my kitchen and then she turned the garage into a kitchen for me. I said, oh, I just in a small space in Paris. Well, my kitchen was very small in Paris and we used to do a lot of things, but then it couldn't continue. So she expanded it a bit. And I was there for, actually, I was there till last year. And then we now got moved to our own, to another building. But guess what? The place is now looking very small. And so it now means that there's more, there are more things that we, we need to do. When you feel like, oh, you're managing your business yourself and it's going well but then you have more staff that you need to manage there are more things that you need to start focusing on you have to put in more structure so mm-hmm. i uh, honestly even right now i'm still we're still learning and we're still trying to put in more structure we're still trying to see how we can um accommodate more orders or respond to customers in good time because even that alone it's a lot of work just even responding to inquiries. It takes four people to do that. In, I, really, four people to actually respond to customers picking calls. That's why for this COVID period, we're not picking calls so that we can respond to WhatsApp messages and in, but in WhatsApp. I hate it. Oh my God, it's the worst. But, you know, just, it's the worst. But, you know, emails, just trying to respond to all of that. But um, as I said, I'm learning and we're learning as we go. I'm I'm very blessed to be surrounded by good staff. Honestly, I'm so, so blessed because my staff are so dedicated. You know, even when I forget some things, they'll be the ones to call me, man, we need to do this. We need to do this. You know, and if I'm saying, no, I'm not, no, 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 we have to do this. So even they pushed me as well to do better and they take it as though, so it's not, no, they don't look at it as, oh, it's maybe, Modupe Emmanuel's business. They look at it as their own business as well, and they try as much. So even when they get any criticism, or maybe somebody says something negative, it affects them as much as it affects me because they're like, okay, so what do we need to do to to do better? You know, to make things better and and things like that. So 
we're growing. That's how I'm going to put it. I still feel like we're growing. I can't manage the business on my own. I'm still, I'm trying as much as possible to get external help so that whatever we need to do to make things easier and to make sure that there's enough structure in the business, you know, that's, that's what we're doing at the moment. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, thank you so much. This was very interesting. Yeah. Thank you guys. And keep up the good work. Even though people are like so scary, like everyone went, like, hmm, how are they saying about you today? But yeah. Keep up. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much.